All right, grab your Bibles. Uh, John chapter 10. John chapter 10 is where we're at. Um, we started last week, and, and I'm going to kind of just recap shortly on this. We, we read through verses 1 through 6 last week. And, and, and in that, I, I talked about that Jesus was laying out um, an, an illustration there of who He was. And, and when we get to verse 7, it's a different illustration that Jesus is giving us. We can't tie them together. Jesus is giving a different illustration for us for the Jews to understand and for us to read and understand too in that. And so, um, you see, in this illustration, uh, starting in verse 7, he's no longer speaking about the gate of the sheepfold like he is in verse 2. And so, in that, he's presenting himself as the gate for the sheep as we go on. What a statement that we'll get into. What a statement that he's putting out there. But I want to make sure that we catch this change in thought here that Jesus has. Um, but before we go to our Bibles and read in John chapter 10, I hope that this is becoming start. It's, it's, it is either becoming or has become a memory verse for you. Because John gives us great detail as to why he wrote this. Why he wrote this gospel. It's in John chapter 20, verse 31. It says, But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, you'll have life in His name. I love that verse. I don't get tired of saying it, and I hope that you don't get tired of hearing it, but that's why John wrote this gospel. And that verse should be highlighted in your Bible. It should be a memory verse for you as to know, to know, to know that Jesus is the Christ. And that's why he wrote this. So we're going to dive in today uh, into John chapter 10, verse, starting in verse 7. But let's go to him in prayer first. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank You for this beautiful day that You've given us to gather in Your name and, and to come and praise and worship You. And, and God, I just pray that, that we do that. Not, not make it about us. Lord, Lord, I pray that we never make the, the day that we gather, the day that we come together like today, ever about us, but it's about You. About coming together for You and to worship You and praise You and lift You on high. And Lord, I pray that today, though, that we gain... Uh, we, that we grow in our relationship with You. That, that we see who You are and we even more and we seek You even more. We know that You are right here with us. Always. Always with us. I pray that our eyes, though, are open to see You. I pray that our hearts are open to see You. Lord, I thank You that You are always with us. And I pray today that that I speak Your truth, and that if it's not of You, that it falls to the ground and nobody takes it out of here. God, I pray we hear Your Word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright, John chapter 10, starting verse 7. Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have ever come before Me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. 
The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or abundantly. <clears throat> I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to Him? But others said, there are, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Amen, amen. A good word. A good word. You see, Jesus starts teaching right off the bat. Again, uh, verse 1, King James Version. Yes, I'm going to use it, Nathan. King James Version says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Uh, when, we, when we look at that break, and when we look at the Greek word, it says, Amen, amen. We've talked about this. But I want us to get it again. He says, Amen, amen. He's saying, I'm, I'm saying a trustworthy statement and I need you to hear it. I need you to get it. I need you to comprehend what I'm about to say because it's important. That's what he's telling the Jews. And we can take it to heart too. Focus, focus, right? Right here, focus. See, and then... Uh, He gives a pretty amazing statement right after that. Right after that, a huge statement. I am the gate. I am the gate of the sheep. Some versions say door. We can go along with that. I am the gate. I am the gate of the sheep. But he goes on. He says, all who come before me claiming to be God are nothing, are thieves and robbers. That's what he's saying. We talked a lot about that last week. But the sheep did not hear them. You see, the Jews did not hear them because they knew that what these robbers were claiming was not true. So they didn't, they didn't listen to them. Uh, I picture when somebody loses something and maybe you find it. And, and you're trying to find the rightful owner of what, what you found. And if people come up to you claiming that it's theirs, pretty right off the bat, you usually know if it's really theirs or not. Just by their body language, by the way they talk, by, by the de description of what they give, right? You, you know right away whether it's theirs or not. It's the same with this. And now Jesus repeats himself, but even adds more to it. Verse 9. In, in verse 9, though, um, what an amazing verse. You see, because verse 9 can be taught in the Sunday school class for kids. 
But it's also a verse that will never be exhausted. Never be exhausted by theologians, by Bible scholars digging into this verse. The, this verse is an awesome verse that Jesus lays out. I am the gate. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. See, there's no way in my mind that anybody who reads that can claim that Jesus is not claiming to be God. But it's happening every day. It's happened for a long, long time. And they say, oh, well, Jesus is not the Christ. Jesus is not claiming to be God, but yet He is. He's, he's saying, I am the gate. Whoever enters through Me will be saved. He's saying, anyone, whosoever. It's not a select group. It's not a chosen group. It's not a, not a privileged individual. But anyone. Anyone. See, he's saying anyone. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter who your parents are. It doesn't matter who your grandparents are or what your parents did or grandparents did. It doesn't matter. He says anyone. Anyone who enters through will be saved. But I want you to get something. Church, I want you to get something here. You have to come through the door. You have to enter through the gate. You have to walk in. If you come over to my house and you knock on the door and I open the door, you have to come through the door to get in my house. You can stand out there all you want to, but to get into my house... You have to come through the front door. You have to. to. Come sit down and join me in a conversation or join me in a meal. You have to come in the door. It's no different than Jesus. He says, I am the gate. You have to enter through to be saved. You have to come through the door. You see, Christianity is not a creed or a church. It's not a creed or a church. It is a person. It is a person. And that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said the only way the Father is through Him. It is through Him. You have to enter through, right? You have to enter the gate. You see, there's a lot of teaching out there, but listen to me. Baptism will not save you. The Lord's Supper will not save you. And works will not save you. Jesus is very, very clear in this. He says, through me. Through me. We must enter by Christ and the power which He gives. Yeah. But again, the invitation is for anyone. Anyone. You see... Christ is the Savior of the Jews and the Gentiles alike. Again, anyone. Anyone. But to be saved, a person must enter. It's a choice that you make. A choice that you make to, to receive that. They, they must receive Christ by faith. It's a personal act. And without it, without it, there is no salvation. No salvation if you don't make a choice. If you don't walk through the door, enter by the gate. Jesus Christ. But the greatest news is, 
is that those who make that choice and enter in are saved, are born again, are promised heaven. You can have the assurance of that. I, I hope that we, that we understand that and that we are saved from the, from the penalty and the power. And eventually all sin when Jesus takes us home. Man, what a blessing. We'll fight it today. We'll fight it today, but He is with us as we, we fight the presence of sin. One day it'll all be gone. All be gone. We'll be with Him. And that's a promise to you. It's an assurance. It's a promise that you can stand on. And, and I know I've said it before, man. I, I, I never want to hear that, did I do enough? Did I say the right things? Did I do the right things to have heaven? There's one thing. To enter through. To choose Jesus. That's what it is. It's to, to come to Him and, and, and enter through Him. And we can have that promise. And then Jesus adds to His statement that after salvation they will come in and go out and find pasture. I love this verse. There's many who struggle with it, but I love this verse. I, I, I love this verse. And, and there's many who, who will fight about what it means, but I, I'm not getting into no fight on this. I, I'll tell you what I think it is, and I, I, I'm good with the way that I understand this. And, and we can sure have a conversation, but Jesus is saying that after salvation, you can... Go in and out. And, I, and I'll tell you, um, I see that as that when we come in, we come into the presence of God. And we be, be filled with, with God. And everything that that encompasses. And I can put words to it, but I'll fall short of putting words to what that means. When we come into the presence of God and be filled. And the, and the Holy Spirit is overflowing through us. And then we can go out into this world and we can preach Jesus. We can tell people about my Jesus, as the new song says, right? Tell people about my Jesus. And then when your tank starts running empty, you can go back into the presence of God and be filled up again, just as Jesus did on the mountain. Even Jesus would go back to the mountain and just pray and just focus on his relationship with the Father, and he would be recharged and he would go out about it again. We got to do the same. And that's what this is saying. You can come in and go out and find pasture. See, I think the pasture is God's word. We can find assurance in God's word. We can come into the presence of God. We can be filled and we can go in and out. And find the pasture is God's word in one day. We will find heaven when we've entered through the gate. Man, what a blessing. What a blessing that will be. But it's a perfect picture. Go in and out in the presence of God and find pastures. A perfect picture as to our relationship with Him. Man, uh, and there's security in that. There is truly security in that that we can find. To know that He is with us in the battle of this world. Because it is a battle. It is tough. There, there are things we will face every day. 
that are tough. But He's with us. And when we enter into Him, we can know that we are saved and not have to tremble in fear whether we are saved or not as we walk this earth and battle our battles with Him. Jesus continues to try to help them understand uh, um, who He is. And multiple times he, he lays out this contrasting difference between the thief and the Savior. And it's, um, Jesus knows their hearts, right? Jesus knows their hearts as He's trying to explain to them. And, and, and twice now we've read that, that some say, oh, He's demon-possessed. And some say, no, there's no way. And He continues to give these different illustrations. These uh, drastic uh, contrasting differences between the thief and the Savior. And he says in verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The thief comes for only selfish ambitions, right? Selfish uh, motives in, in order to gain his own desires. That's what the thief does. He even killed the sheep. The thief would even kill the sheep to gain his own desires. And then the contrasting difference. I have come. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's good stuff right there from, from our Savior. I mean, seriously, the, the thief comes to take away from heaven and leads you into hell. That's what he does. That, that's plain and simple what he does. But Jesus comes so that you can have life, true life, abundant life in heaven for all eternity. A life so beyond our imagination. If you go to the Greek word for that abundant, it actually translates super abundant. <laughs> My brain can't fathom what super abundant in Christ is. But that's what it translates to. Super abundant. That's life with the Father. That's life with the Father. Super abundant. But see, I think we can also translate it to this life that we walk right now. To have super abundant life right now. The journey that we're walking now, right? The more that we deny our flesh and pick up our cross and follow Jesus, the more we will see that abundant life. The more that we turn our lives over to the Holy Spirit, the, the, the more that we enjoy, can enjoy this life, right? that's been given to us, the, the more we deny flesh and, and, and give it to Him, the, the more we can understand finding joy in our struggles. The more we can understand what it is to love God with everything we have. And to love our neighbor as the same. Because you see, in all honesty, our flesh wants to be the thief. Our flesh wants to deceive. Our flesh wants to <coughs> win and sin. The fun things, right? But that's not joy. That's not life abundantly. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
Have you ever stopped and thought about the word good? He says, I am the good shepherd. In our world today, they would say, well, Jesus is saying, well, he's just an okay shepherd. <laughs> right? Because uh, there's better than good. There's gooder and goodest. Not really, huh? Don't laugh. I know that some, I've heard some of you say good. <laughs> Tucker. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> My wife is looking at me like, uh, those aren't words. Don't say that. <laughs> it's not. But what, what does good mean? What does he mean here when he says, I am the good shepherd? Can we go to the word good in Genesis? Perfect and complete. That Jesus is the perfect and complete shepherd? Now, I'll tell you, I didn't go look up the Greek word, but in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm good, good, good being perfect and complete because I can biblically back that up all the way through the Bible. That Jesus is saying, I am the perfect and complete shepherd. Amen, amen, huh? Perfect and complete shepherd. Because Jesus says, the good shepherd, we can, we can look at it like that. And that should fill us with joy when we think about Jesus being the good shepherd. Because that's what He is. And the, He says, the good shepherd lays down His life for the sheep. That's perfect and complete. He, he lays his life down, and that's what he's telling him. I, and I want you to get this because typically a sheep will lay down his life for the shepherd. Right? Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? The sheep die for the shepherd. Uh, we don't butcher the shepherds, we butcher the sheep. They lay their life down for the shepherd. That's not what Jesus did. He laid His life down for the sheep. He laid His life down for the sheep. And He goes on to explain it even more in verse 12. He says, The hired hand is not the shepherd. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when He sees the wolf coming, He abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The, the man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. And then listen, Jesus speaks of Himself again. I am the Good Shepherd. I am the Good Shepherd. And then Jesus lays out this very intimate relationship that exists between Himself and His sheep. And this intimate relationship that is all in one sentence. And if your Bible has a period between 14 and 15, cross it out, okay? And it's not supposed to be there. It's one sentence. He's laying out this intimate relationship and I want you to hear it. He says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Even as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. One sentence. One sentence. What an awesome statement. The Lord compares His relationship with the sheep with the relationship that exists between Himself and the Father. <laughs> You ever read it that way? I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't. I missed it. But he's laying out this, this Im 
incredible relationship. The same union and communion and intimacy and knowledge that there is between the Father and Son also exists between the shepherd and his sheep. That's awesome. The same relationship. But let me ask you, are you grabbing a hold of it? Are you grabbing a hold of that relationship that he just laid out? Is that the relationship that you're living with the shepherd? If you confess Jesus as Lord, is that the life that you're living? Is that the relationship that you see with your Savior? If it's not, start seeking it. Start seeking that relationship with the Christ, the Son of God. Because that's the relationship that He says He wants with you. That's a relationship that He says you can have with Him. Are you seeking that relationship? That relationship with that much intimacy? Because you see, it's there. That relationship is there right in front of you. Right in front of you to have. But it's your choice. It's your choice to have that relationship with Him or not. But you can have it in abundance if you want it. Let's say superabundance, if you want it. It's there. See, Jesus said that He laid down His life for you. He laid down His life so that you can have life with Him. And He wants the intimacy of that relationship with you. The same that He had with the Father. How awesome. How awesome is that? He laid down His life so that you can have life now with Him and forever with Him. Jesus has been speaking to the Jews, but then He talks about us with them. That's how we should look at this next statement. Because He says in verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. There's your promise. There's your promise. Jesus just said that it's not just you Jews. It's not just you. But it's all my sheep that I'll bring together. All my sheep. And we can read in Romans 10, 12, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is Lord of all. Abounding in riches for all, again, who call on Him. All who call on Him. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone that we have life. Verse 17, the reason my Father loves me is that, that, that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Listen, if you have any doubts about who Jesus is, just, just read that again. Just read it again. He, he's laying it out for us. If you are sitting here or listening online and, and you have any doubts of who Jesus is, He just put it in pretty simple terms. He is God. He is God. 
And He laid down His life for you. He, he, he took it up again also. That's what He's saying. No man could have done it. Only the Christ, the Son of God, can lay down His life and take it up again. Only the Christ, the Son of God. I have the authority to lay it down and authority to take it up, up again. Jesus laid down His life for you. For you. Make it personal. Because it is personal. He laid down His life for you. And when He laid down His life for you, He took all sin with Him. And when He died on the cross, all of your sin died there too. I want you to hear this. Because our minds and our hearts want to hang on to the things that we've done in our life, right? The old flesh and the, the thief tells us we're not good enough. You remember what you did? But when Jesus laid down His life, He took it all. He took it all. And then when he, when he rose, when He had the authority to take it up again, when He rose from the grave, He proved that He is the Christ, the Son of God. And then He ascended to heaven. You see, I want you to make it personal because He died for you. He laid down His life for you. And He did it so that you could have super abundant life. Is that the life you're living? Would you, would you describe your life as super abundant in Him? Man. That should, that should fill us with so much joy that it just pours out of us. That we can know that the relationship that, that our Savior seeks with us is the same relationship as He has with the Father. And it can make our life super abundant in Him. Super abundant in Him. And then, when we truly have life, we'll know what super abundant in Heaven means. And it will be an awesome day. An awesome day. I'm going to invite the music team to come on up. Uh, you know, we, we fall short often of shining God's light. Well, I'll say it a little different. I fall short of shining God's light every day. And a lot of times, most of the days, I fall short many times of shining God's light. And I mess up. I say the wrong thing. I do the wrong thing. But it doesn't affect my relationship with Christ. Because He forgives me. And I want you to know that this morning. That He seeks that relationship with you. That He says, you know what? I know you're going to mess up. But it's okay. Because I forgive you. And I want you to keep seeking that intimacy of relationship and communion with me. And that's what I want to encourage you to do today. That just seek that relationship with Him. And not worry 
about what sins happened yesterday or the day before or the day before that. Because He forgives you. Because He laid down His life for you. He's the one and only Savior. There's no other. It is in Christ and Christ alone that we have life. Grab a hold of it. Live that life today. And know that one day we will know what super abundant is. And it'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. Today, if you're struggling, if you're struggling in your walk, if you're struggling in the journey of this world, the battle, I and or the elders want to pray with you. I'll be up here. There'll be some elders in the back. If you need prayer, man, come and seek it. We're here together to lift each other up. I said at the beginning that Beach Island's a little different. We do like to talk. Let's not be afraid to also pray for one another. Gather around one another. Lift each other up when we're struggling. That's part of this intimacy of relationship that we can see right here as we journey. Other believers lifting each other up. What, what a blessing. And if you need those prayers today, please, please come seek those out. Father God, I thank You for today. I thank You that we can mess up. We can fall short. And You call it grace. I thank You that that grace, Your grace, is poured out on us so that we can be forgiven. Your, your forgiveness so we can, we can walk this earth knowing that we are citizens of heaven when we enter through, when we come to You and enter through, when we accept You as Lord. When we confess that You are the Christ and believe in our hearts that You rose, we can be saved. And we don't have to wonder, we don't have to question, we can just stand in that and know that You seek the most intimate of relationships that we can even fathom. You seek that with us. I thank You for that. Lord, I pray today that we start grabbing hold of that super abundant life. A Spirit-filled life. The, the, the walking with You every minute of every day, every moment. And that's good. Thank You for that. And Lord, I pray if there's anybody struggling this morning, Lord, that they just, they just reach out. They just reach out to You. Reach out to other brothers and sisters of, of this flock to, to be lifted up. Lord, I thank You that we get to do that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand and sing with us if you would.